Hello again, everyone. This is Dan Duva. It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. Peter DeBoer is our guest, an extended conversation with the new head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. It's a wide-ranging conversation, getting to know him as a coach, his philosophies and tenets, and why he's a coach. And we also get to know him personally, his family, his preferences in music, and his law degree. And of course, we talk about adapting to his new team, switching sides in the rivalry, and what he's doing to get the Golden Knights to play winning hockey. It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave! So it's funny, the other day we didn't have that. No, this no. Is, it was, different it was tone, Different I think. tone to the podcast. Yeah. So two podcasts in three days on the road. So we've been doing this together <laughs> two and a half years. We've never had to do, we've never had to work this much. It's just too much fun. I, for one, am tired. <laughs> the last one was a little difficult. Yes. Uh, yeah. you know, wind, wind helps uh, yes. move along. A lot to talk about, though. Yeah, so I am some guy named Dave, the Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Dave, and Dan. So the last one was from Ottawa, and then we've moved it to Montreal this time. So the, we, we don't have to do it in French. We've crossed the borders, international borders, and we're in Canada now. Can I just say we walked back from the arena here, and it was brisk. I Three degrees. Three degrees. In that type of weather in a long time. I loved it. It was great. Gary said he was not cold. <laughs> I'm not buying that. <laughs> I wasn't like, not cold. for a second, I'm not I buying that. I wasn't cold. But it was three degrees, minus eight wind chill. I was, uh, I was chilly. On the walk. Aren't you a tough New England guy? Evidently not. Not since I moved to the desert. I've turned into a wuss. So it's been a busy um, few days in the Golden Knights organization. Perhaps nobody's been busier than our guest here on the podcast. Uh, Peter DeBoer joining us, the new head coach of the Golden Knights. Peter, I know you have nothing else to do with your time. (laughs) So we appreciate you stopping by to to spend a little time with us. Yeah. Exciting. You know, hitting the wall a little bit. It's been a crazy three days, but... uh, you know, it's been real enjoyable. The guys have been real receptive, and we got through that first day, which was a little bit uh, strange for everybody. And I think we're out the other end of that after a, a big win in Ottawa and trying to move this forward, chipping away at uh, some of the things we want to implement. And a lot of good questions today, a lot of good energy. So I've been real happy. What was it like for you yesterday to address the team and put on the Golden Knights garb yeah. this time? <laughs> I was, it was, it was, you know, awkward's probably the best word. It was different. You know, we had so many heated battles and the rivalry had, had grown to such an extent over the last uh, couple of years um, that that's always tough. It's like, you know, Yankees, Red Sox or Rangers, Devils. So, um, you know, it was, it was, it was different. And, um, but like I said, I think once we got through the first meeting and the first game and, and now it's just hockey, you know, we, we had, uh, a great practice today. We had some good uh, uh, team meetings today, and it, it felt normal today. So I think that stuff's in the rearview mirror. You know, Peter, I was wondering, we were talking about it before you arrived, knowing your background as a lawyer. And I'm imagining preparing for a closing argument and all of the note-taking, all the things you might be researching to get ready for that key moment before a jury. Then you've got to do a very different kind of thing, which is to address a hockey team. I'm curious, can you tell us about your background with the law degree and how maybe it has helped you not only as a head coach through the years, but in particular in preparing to address to the Golden Knights? Well, addressing a pretty biased jur- jury. <laughs> not exactly in my in my corner when I was standing up there. Um, you know what? I... I uh, I use my law degree every day, and I think coaching has changed. Um, 
you know, it used to it used to be you never had to make a case to the players. You just told them what to do and, you know, how high do I need to jump? And they would jump. And um, now uh, with the new athlete, uh, they want to know why. They want to know, you know, what's in it for them, what's in it for the team. Uh, so you have to make a case uh, on, on why this works for everybody every time you're trying to implement something, with, especially with individuals. So, you know what, it, it's something I use every day. I, I didn't, uh, I spent a couple summers during law school working in, in law firms, one summer in a criminal firm, which was really interesting, you know, representing a, a lot of the, the Windsor, Ontario uh, criminals uh, in the area or helping with that. And uh and then another one in an in-house legal firm at Compuor who owned our junior team at the time doing software stuff. So I, I did a little bit of practicing, but not much. I jumped right into coaching when I graduated and, uh, you know, thankfully haven't had to go back. Yeah, well, you know, the just the reality of there aren't too many head coaches that have that kind of a background, but... Another one that's been prominent is John Cooper. Uh, have yeah. you ever talked to John about that background? Yeah. yeah, Coop and I have talked about it. And you know what? And it's interesting. We have two guys here and Kelly McCrimmon and, and George, you know, both former players, both have law degrees. Yeah. So I think it's more common than you think. A, a lot of guys, you know, uh, talk to Stu Grimson. He's got one, you know. So it's uh, it's something that uh, uh, I think if you asked any of the guys that have done it, they wouldn't trade it. I think, you know, they would all agree we use it. Uh, and we use it every day, and it was a it was an interesting time. And yeah, maybe the broadcasters should try it out. What do you think? <laughs> Good luck. That's passed me to by. Get it, <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to talk to you because you know, and mention mention John Cooper. I was in Winnipeg with Paul Maurice, who came in at the time, and, and he talked, and you kind of touched on it briefly about when he got the call from the Golden Knights. It was out of left field, but Paul mentioned that teams that were he had a short list. And teams that he would like to coach because of the talent, because of what he saw from them. And the Winnipeg Jets was for him. You kind of alluded a bit to that, that, you know, the Golden Knights was an easy answer. Had you, I don't know if you had thought of it, you said it was out of left field, but still that made it a lot easier for you, knowing the talent, knowing the the style, the type of players, the team. You know, you don't think about those jobs. Those are just automatic. I mean, when you talk about, you know, Tampa and where they're at and Vegas and where they're at and the personnel you have, those, those are teams, Washington, those are teams that uh, people are talking about as contending every year that have a core that have the ability to, to be good for a while here. So, you know, while you you don't necessarily think those jobs are going to open up, I think those are automatics. I mean, if, if someone from those type of organizations calls you pick up the phone and you you you, you don't say no and uh, Vegas is on that list and uh, you know I was I was shocked and surprised to get the call um, but you know uh, I'm sure Bob Bugner was shocked and surprised a month earlier when, when yeah, he got true. the call and uh, and you know we were leaving after 30 games after going to the conference final that's that's the NHL now what kind of you mentioned you, you're constantly making a case, Peter. What was your case you made last night? What was your pitch? Trying to balance the rivalry is one thing, but you know how much guys in that locker room loved a couple of guys that are not part of the coaching staff anymore. How did you balance that? Yeah, well, we addressed it head on. You know, I, I think uh, two real good men lost their jobs. And uh, I know that group took a lot of personal responsibility for that. And, you know, I was worried that there would be some uh, letdown uh, or they would drag that with them into the game. And, you know, we just we just talked about it head on that that uh, unfortunately, as coaches, we sign up 
for that. And I was in that position a month earlier in San Jose. And, uh, you know, the best thing we can do is, is look in the mirror, uh, you know, take some of that responsibility, ask why it happened and, and fix it and, and, you know, make sure it doesn't happen again. And, uh, and more get out and play, you know, the Vegas Knights game. I think, I think their identity, uh, had slipped a little bit and the record reflected that. And, um, you know, we wanted to start to get that back again. Does it sometimes not strike you as odd that you're fired and then another guy's fired and then you're brought in to replace him? Like it's one guy, you know, for whatever reason, Doug Wilson decided in San Jose that it didn't wasn't working with you guys anymore. So, so they, they fired you and then Gerard gets fired and then it's like musical chairs. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I think there's only you can go one or two ways with coaches now, right? You're either going young and 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 giving somebody a chance. And I was one of those guys once in Florida coming out of junior hockey, where Jacques Martin hired me and gave me an opportunity out of junior. Or you know, you've got a team where you feel you need a veteran guy who is has coached in Stanley Cup Finals and and can walk in and and have that type of pedigree and. There's, that list is isn't very long, and you know, and and there's a lot of times those guys aren't available. You know, this is a strange year where you know you've got Mike Babcock and uh, Pete Laviolette, and you know a pretty pretty good list of veteran coaches that are sitting out there. So I feel very fortunate that I got the call and got the opportunity. Um, I feel like I know this group. I feel I know their potential, and excited to work with them. Why are you a coach? Uh, you know what? I, I fell in love with the job. I really, uh, uh, playing junior hockey, I didn't have any intention of coaching. I was going to law school. I was looking in different directions, and I started, uh, Paul Maurice asked me to come over and help him as an assistant coach while I was finishing school. And you fall in love with the game. Anybody that played, uh, it's the next closest thing to playing. You're in the heat of the battle. You have an impact on the game. You know, it's hard to replace that, that juice, that, uh, adrenaline you get from playing and, and, and being in the middle of that and coaching is the next closest thing. Just to try to get you to know you a little bit more, Peter, away from the game. What's on, do you have a playlist? Do you have a workout playlist? What's like what's on your uh, <laughs> what's on your iPad, iPod playlist? Yeah. Dave's like a music historian, so he's music, interesting. Uh, yeah. idiot savant. Uh, stress on idiot part. What do you listen to? What do you like? You know what? I'm 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 into everything. Uh, I love '80s. My wife's a, oh, my wife's my, alley. my wife's classic my rock. Uh, my kids are country, um, so I'm all over the map. Um, and and we've got everything going in the summertime when everybody's in the house. But I would say lately it's a lot of country. I've got three kids. They take over the 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 uh, stereo or the Sonos or whatever we're listening to and. Uh, um, it's grown on me. You know, I was never a country guy, but I'm, I'm, I would consider myself one now. Oh, you talk about family, and uh, we all work in this business, but so much of our lives is away from the business. Can you tell us about your background and your family growing mm -hmm. up and what your family is like now? Yeah, so my, my, uh, my father was an immigrant from Holland, came over at 17 and started working in Manitoba uh, on a farm and then in the mines in, in Thompson, Manitoba. And and in a steel mill in Stony Creek, Ontario. So my mother was an x-ray tech and, you know, blue collar family. Um, I was lucky to get involved in hockey, got drafted to the Windsor Spitfires and played junior hockey there for four years. 
and um, met my wife while I was playing junior there. Um, she's a teacher. We have three kids, a daughter who's uh, at Queen's University in Ontario, and then a son who's playing hockey at Boston University, and then my, my younger guy's at uh, Salisbury Prep School in Connecticut, and he'll, he'll end up going and playing hockey at Holy Cross uh, probably after a year of junior. So There you go. So you a lot got alumni around you know, you know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Holy Cross yeah. guy. Most of the greats go to BU. I yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go for hockey. Yeah. No, no, not no. Evans, no. Um, I know, Shane, you want to, some of the things you're trying to implement here on the fly. Yeah, know. I would just, you know, how do you kind of balance of implementing your details? Is there, you know, and you said you've never come in mid-season yeah. before. So how, how do you do that of not trying to put too much in their heads early on and over a time period to try and just implement little details to the game? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, my, my biggest fear coming in was to overwhelm them uh, with information and, and uh, you know, which slows you down, right? You're thinking too much. So, you know, when I initially came in uh, and got the job, I said, I'm not going to do that. And then I got to know the group and, and this is a smart group and, and I think they can handle it. I think, I think there's veteran guys there. I think they're smart players. I think they have a good foundation from the previous coaching staff. So, you know, you're not, you're not talking about gigantic changes to things. So, I've kind of flipped a little bit and decided today to, to really go at it a little bit harder than maybe I, I would have 24 hours ago after getting to know the group a little bit. And part of the reason, too, is, is you know, we have some real practice time here on this trip. Today in Boston, uh, coming out of the break, that, that trip doesn't set up as well after 10 days off. And I wanted to get them thinking about some of these things before they went on a 10-day break. Are you anxious to, you know, you mentioned the other day you – before you coached as the head coach of the Shark Tank, it was a much, yeah, I know you enjoyed it, yeah. but it's a much different deal. Are you, you've been on the other side of T-Mobile. Yeah. Curious to see what that's going to be like. I know it's a little ways away. Yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy. I said it's the most electric building in the league. And uh, I mean, you can't help, you can't hear yourself think out there. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I always loved going into those type of buildings. I think even visiting players, the guys who played here, you know, you love those type of environments. And I think when you're on the home team and in those environments, it's, it's even more special. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. And, um, you know, I know, uh, the fans lost a great man and, uh, and a guy who meant a lot to that organization and did some unbelievably special things. Um, you know, it's tough business. I've been on that side of it in a couple different places and, you know, just looking, I'm just looking for a fresh start and, and an opportunity to try and do my thing there. When you talk about special things, it was hard to miss a special moment at the end of your first game. Jonathan so goes and retrieves the puck. Yeah. yeah. Um, could you pick it up from there? Did you know that he grabbed the puck? No, and, uh, you know what? Did you get it? Yeah, I didn't know. I came in, talked to the team after, and then they called me in to, to present it. And, um, it was a special moment, and, and I'll tell you why. You know, I, th I think just because I could, I, I could see how hard the week was for them. Uh, you know, with what went on, and you know, for them to be thinking about, you know, me and making me welcome. You know, after everything that had gone on, I think was said a lot about the group. So it was a nice moment, and uh, I'm glad we're past the first game and we can start to get to work here now. Especially given that it was a victory in the first game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Last thing, Peter, I know you're busy and we appreciate your time. Just to kind of put this to bed, uh, you know and I know it wasn't a major. Your <laughs> thoughts. 
Yeah. It yeah. wasn't a major. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't a major. I can say that now. I couldn't say that. that. I have to say one of the neater things that I've heard uh, you with Craig Custance. Yeah. Watching that game, yeah. the whole game, and and doing a podcast about it, watching the video yeah. and what Craig did to kind of talk through it, um, even as someone who uh, might have been bitter about it uh, yeah. on the Vegas side, learned so much from listening to you talk through the game. Yeah. Uh, had you watched the tape before you no. did that podcast? No, I hadn't, I hadn't watched it. It was a really interesting experience because uh, you for, I forgot large moments of what was going on that I, you would recollect as we watched. And, and actually, Mike Kelly was in the audience. He was there that day, too. And uh, so it was, it was a real interesting experience to go through that again. Maybe the craziest, I'm sure the craziest game I'll ever be a part of. Um, you know, obviously we were on the right end of it, but you know, uh, it was it was it was something that I'll never forget, and I'm sure, uh, you know, will probably never happen again. Peter, thank you very much for your time. Welcome yeah. to Vegas. Thanks, guys. Great to have Peter DeBoer join us. Great that he agrees. Now it's not wasn't a major. <laughs> Now we can put that to bed. But no, you know, wonderful for him to take a little time. I mean, I can't imagine what his last, you know, three or four days have been like. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting that in answer to your question, Shane, he said after the first practice he had with the team today, he decided he's probably going to want to implement more quicker because of, you know, what they have in that locker room. Well, we saw that watching the practice, yeah. right? Yeah. Like uh, I said to Shane during the practice, so much for going slow. There was a lot of information thrown at, the, at those players and uh, um, a lot of, of a lot of the drills were all different they were going to be but a lot of detail and interesting to talk to the players after the practice they all said our brains got turned on out there today because uh, you know that's it's natural when you have the same coach for a while and you do the same things it becomes pretty routine they had to think they had to think for the whole practice today. What's but I like, like the discussion. What's that like? Nice. Well, yeah. it is, and that's what you want. You want to be challenged. That's why you're a professional athlete, first and foremost, is you, you're competitive. You want to challenge, and if there is, you embrace it. And it does take a special team, and I think you know that, that's a real good point that he was able to notice that about this group that, hey, you know what, maybe it's a highly intelligent, there's a lot of hockey sense high hockey IQ on this Golden Knights team and let's throw a couple tweaks at him in practice and the fear and he said you don't want to slow it down well we all watch practice it was good pace they they had pace to it so they were able to make you know and they're not major adjustments I'm not they didn't rework any systems just a couple little things they worked on penalty kill today we saw them work a little bit on their defensive zone just sorting things out it's still a read and react game and that's what the players said. But a couple adjustments, a little bit more on the attack. We saw middle lane. We saw defense, the weak side defenseman really jumping into the play. Uh, so being active. But the pace was really good. And that's that's the thing I wanted to watch when they, they made the little adjustments. that It didn't slow things down. Uh, you know, Pete DeBoer wants to play a fast game. That's Gerard Glatt. They played a fast game. That got, I think, if we think of one thing, the pace came out of the game here a little bit for the Golden Knights this season. So they need to get back to that. A couple little, you know, things have been changed, and, and we'll see how quickly they pick it up in a game situation. You know, Shane, Peter had talked about that he knows this team better than any other coach because he sees them more often than his Certainly. wife and kids, right? Um, and I wonder how much that helped him going into this. So... My thought is, 
if you're a coach, you're watching at another team play, and I wonder how many coaches think, if I was the coach of that team, I would do that, I would do this, I would do that. And now he gets to do that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm wondering, does watching him coach his first practice kind of open your eyes to the possibilities? Here's something that we didn't realize was missing or something that could be done. Based, I mean, Peter's been watching this team, and he is now in a position to affect whatever change came to his mind. It's 100% that he had a good idea of what he wanted to implement to this team. And, and I go and we talked to him about it. I mentioned I was in Winnipeg when Paul Maurice came in as a broadcaster, and Paul Maurice was waiting for a job at that time, and he watched the Winnipeg Jets when he was – he didn't he hadn't had a chance to coach against them a lot because they were a new team, but he knew what he wanted to do with that team. And I think for DeBoer, it's the same thing. He, he knew. He just didn't know what time period. And I think once he got to know the guys, which is a big part of getting to know guys, realized, you know what, this group can handle a couple of things early and we'll build on it. We'll, it'll be a slow build. It's going to happen. And, and Max Pacioretty said it today. These guys have played different systems, different adjustments in different organizations their whole life. Growing up from pretty much once you get out of minor hockey, so all of them have played at some level as you know junior hockey, whether it's collegiate hockey, minor pro, whatever. They've played different systems. It's ne- it hasn't been exactly the same. So you have you don't get to the NHL without having that ability to adjust. And uh, I think as a group, uh, I'm excited to see how it is going forward here and, and see how they handle it. I find it very interesting the amount of learning that is going to go on organization-wide over the next little while. Pete DeBoer is going to learn some things from Ryan McGill and Ryan Craig and Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee and Misha Donskoff. Those guys are all going to learn something from Pete DeBoer. And McGill and Craig in particular, uh, you know, Ryan McGill has been around. He's been a head coach. He's worked for a bunch of guys. But now he's working with a new guy who will teach him a few things. For Ryan Craig, who's probably going to be a head coach in the NHL at some point in time, this for him is the opportunity to learn from, like he just worked with a master, okay? Gerard Gallant is a a Jack Adams winner. He is a high, high high-end coach. Now he's working with another high, high high-end coach, a guy who's taken two different franchises to the Stanley Cup. He's going to learn a bunch of things from Pete DeBoer. This At some point in time, Ryan Craig was probably going to have to leave this organization to go work with another head coach to learn those things. Well, now it's been brought to him. And for the players... Same thing. They've they learned a bunch from Turk. They learned a bunch a bunch about how to be people, how to be players. And now it's kind of like I said this to Dan last night. It's kind of like you're uh, in law school and you've got the opportunity to learn to learn from one professor, and now you got a chance to who was really good on his feet in the courtroom, and now you got a chance to learn from another professor who is really good at mergers and acquisitions. Different skills, different intellect, and it's uh, we're about to learn a whole bunch of different stuff. Pete the Dragonlot taught us a lot. Now we'll learn a bunch from, from Pete DeBoer. It's a really interesting time. And you mentioned Ryan Craig, who's a young assistant coach. I think it's also keeping in mind the younger players. You mentioned Pacioretty, who's been around, but that Nick Waugh is up from the American League. Um, Nick Haig, of course, the younger players in particular and how they are soaking in the National Hockey League and in particular to expose them to this. And not that it'll be a big deal, but Will Carlson's absence right now when he does get healthy, he's week to week. Um, Pete DeBoer said at his press conference after practice in Montreal that it could be close after 
the bye week. Mm -hmm. And so how close, we don't know. But the, obviously, the sooner that Carlson returns, um, the more quickly he can get into those habits and, and things that uh, Peter has been talking about well, to his team. They got, and they couldn't have started better last night. First shot of the game. They scored 34 <laughs> seconds in, but... Mark Stone's return. Mark Stone's return. Oh, and Pitton. Pete DeBoer said that. Mark yeah. Stone was the best player on the ice last night. He, yeah, no yeah. And Mark Stone has that ability to drag everyone up to his level of intensity, and that's what he did. Well, Mark had a flurry pretty good last yep, night, too, and really spoke good. about it after the game, said, uh, you know, he doesn't often talk about his own game. He used the word I last night and said, uh, I was better tonight. I made the stops that I needed to to keep our team ahead. And then he said, if I keep playing like that, we'll be all right. That, to me, was a really telling remark. Well, uh, two to go on this trip, right? Montreal tomorrow night, and then Boston next Tuesday. Peter DeBoer saying it'd be good for them, too, to get some practice time in here over the next little stretch. And then um, even more important for him to have some time with his staff during the uh, during the All-Star break and the bye week. So, all right, that's going to wrap it up. So, twice in three days, a special edition of the Sheriff Lawless Some Guy Named Dave podcast. This one coming to you from Montreal. We'll talk to you next time.